Thank you for listening to another message from New Sound Church and our lead pastor, Josh Monty. For more information about us, you can check out our website at newsound.church or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We want to thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how these messages are impacting your life. Share your story with us at story at newsound.church. Enjoy the message. And Pastor Josh is not here this weekend, and, and every pastor needs a weekend off. The, he's, he's working on some new material for that internship as well as some teachings for the summer. And I'm really excited how he's going to come out of this weekend of rest and, and how it's going to launch our church into the next season. But the beauty of when Pastor Josh is not here is he's so well-connected that as a church, we actually get blessed with uh, speakers who are leaders throughout the country in the church world, in the business world, people who are going to pour into our lives. And, and um, that's no exception today. We have Pastor Lane Schrantz here from Church of the Highlands. And if you don't know anything about Pastor Lane or, or Church of the Highlands, Church of the Highlands is the second largest church in America. And uh, Pastor Lane is an associate pastor there. He was there from the beginning. He'll tell you a little bit about, about his story. But Pastor Lane oversees all of the campus pastors of the 20 campuses. He's also in charge of uh, what they call the Grow Network. And it's what Church of the Highlands set up early on to pour into churches that are struggling and give them systems and resources for free. Pastor Lane travels all over the world uh, pouring into um, people in this country, other countries, the 1040 window. Just helping pastors have the resources where they get the win and they get to reach the community they're in. And it's an amazing thing that they do. But personally, Pastor Lane means a lot to me. Uh, seven years ago, my wife and I moved to Birmingham for my training and uh, we joined Church of the Highlands. And, and we got uh, blessed by Pastor Chris. He grabbed our baby one day and just like kind of blessed him. So we said, we don't even need to do a baby dedication now because Pastor Chris did that. But I found Lane in the hallway one day and I asked him some questions. And, and he really just took me under his wing and I consider him a pastor to me, a mentor and also a friend. And interestingly enough, when we had to leave Birmingham, I, I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Lane, but I found him in the hallway of Church of the Highlands after, after a service, and I said, I have this big decision to make. We can move to this city or this city, and I need your guidance, like biblically or you know, spiritually, what should I do? And, and he had some amazing words of wisdom, and I can track back me being on this stage right now to that conversation with Lane, uh, Pastor Lane, um, a few years ago. And so uh, you mean everything to me in the world, and he, he has a wife of many years. Uh, I, I look at that relationship, and I want to, you know, be the man that you're being to her as well as to your daughters. And, and I love that you're here with us today. And can we as a church, New Sound, get to our feet and just welcome in with the best welcome we can, Pastor Lane Schrantz. Oh, you guys are too kind. Let's welcome Jesus today. Come on. That's who's really special here. Awesome. All right, you may be seated. Turn to the person next to you and say you look better than you did last week. All right. Man, what an honor to be here. This is so much fun for me to come visit my family in South Florida for the first time. I, I love your pastors so much and uh, have been dear friends with Josh and Kim for many, many years. And then they... They, uh, before coming here, were in Birmingham, a part of the Church of the Highlands, and so Pastor Chris Hodges sends his greetings as well. We, we just love you guys so much and are, are thrilled about the miracle that God is doing, not Pastor Josh, that God is doing through New Sound Church, through every one of you. This is a miracle. It's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here for the first time in person, live, not in Instagram, right? Like, I'm, I'm here, like, seeing it. Uh, and uh, am thrilled to be here. You need to know this. Your pastor loves you. He cannot stop talking about you. Every text, every email, 
every FaceTime, every phone call, or when we're together somewhere at a conference or whatever, all he's doing is talking about you guys. He loves you so much. Uh, Josh and Kim are just amazing leaders, amazing pastors, and, and you need to know that. And whenever you, you really love somebody, which I love them in a huge way, whenever you really love somebody, you love who they love. And so even though you don't know who I am and you're like, who's this strange dude from Alabama? I, I love your pastors, therefore they love you, therefore I love you, whether you like it or not. I'm your crazy cousin from Alabama, <laughs> and I'm here to share God's word with you, and I'm honored uh, to do so. I'm actually originally from Colorado, uh, grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and then moved to Birmingham to help my former youth pastor of 30 years ago, Chris Hodges, start Church of the Highlands in 2001. So I've been there uh, for 18 years and have seen God do some great things, but I'm, I'm really uh, excited about this church and what God is doing here, and really honored to get to speak God's word to you as we're in this All in the Family series that started on Easter, so I better introduce you to my family, the ladies in my life right here. Uh, uh, some of you might think I have three daughters, and that's what I think about that picture, uh, because my wife is so beautiful and looks so young. Uh, she, uh, Rachel, is on the left. We will be married 23 years coming up in two weeks. And uh, give her a hand for that. <laughs> Praise God for that miracle. And, uh, and then my oldest daughter, Ashlyn, is on the right. And she is amazing. And she's a special gift to our family. We had the um, incredible privilege to adopt her when she was six hours old in a small town in Kansas. And uh, she's the greatest gift uh, in our lives, I mean, it's, it's, it's a miracle. Adoption is a miracle. And if you, if you know anyone that's been uh, a part of that miracle, you understand. Uh, but it's just something special. And we're so thankful for a teenage couple that made the right decision and uh, blessed us with that little miracle. She is the joy of our life. Uh, she is uh, finishing up her freshman year of college. My youngest, who is 17, Devin, is in the middle. She's the tallest. And uh, she's also a miracle because we were never supposed to be able to have kids. And so we're thankful for her. She is a freshman in Highlands College. And uh, we have a ministry school that we were able to start in our basement for Pastor Chris 18 years ago. And now she is in that school, which blows my mind. She was three, years, or three months old uh, when the students started showing up at our house uh, as we started Highlands College. And so it's all full circle now that she's a part of that. And we couldn't be more proud uh, to have uh, her in our own college at Church of the Highlands. I, I love uh, Dave and Danielle. Thank you so much for your kind words. I do remember that conversation. Uh, do remember the weight that you were carrying in making that decision. And I, I think they made the right decision to end up here at New Sound. And so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that journey. And then you got Josh Gardner here who, who is a graduate of Highlands College. So I feel like a spiritual son, man. I'm so proud of you uh, for being a part of this church. And Thank God you're alive, bro, after your accident back in January. Really, seriously, he's a miracle, and thank you, Jesus, for protecting him. But uh, it's, it's fun. It's so fun to be here. I want to I wanna talk today as we continue this All in the Family series really about the family of God. And I think a lot of people don't understand their place in the family of God. A lot of people, even if, even if you're in church every week, still might feel like an outsider. Even if you call yourself a Christian, still might not understand your place in God's family. Maybe you don't have the right perspective of your relationship with God and how the church 
is his family and how you interact with the church or a part of the church. And I think oftentimes we can be confused or frustrated or distanced from God's family. And I feel like I've been on assignment from the Holy Spirit. I feel like I have a word from God for every one of you to really understand, maybe get some kind of a revelation where you would see where you really fit in God's family. It's so important for us to have clarity there. I want to start with Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Everybody say heirs. See, this is a miracle. See, we are a part of his family. We are heirs to his kingdom. I mean, I don't care what family you come from, being an heir to the kingdom of God is better than being an heir to any family on planet earth. doesn't even matter who that is. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. See, life on earth is not easy. It's challenging. It's difficult. There is suffering. But... We can look at our suffering different when we know we're an heir. We can get through our suffering so much better if we know where we stand in God's family. I was fortunate in growing up in a, in a family business. My, my dad bought a tow truck when I was two years old and started a towing and recovery business. I know that doesn't sound too exciting to you, but as a little boy, that's really awesome. Many years later, after I grew up, Pixar decided to come up with this movie called Cars. There's two stars in the movie. One is a tow truck. Anybody know his name? Mater. That's right. Tow Mater. And there's another star in the movie, McQueen. McQueen is a race car. The same year my dad bought a tow truck, he bought a race car and started racing in this crazy race called the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, where we race cars up the mountain, America's mountain. They're in the Rocky Mountains to the top of Pike's Peak. So I grew up in the movie Cars before the movie was ever created. It was the greatest boyhood childhood ever. All I wanted to do was when I grew up, drive tow trucks and drive race cars. Now I've been a pastor at Church of the Highlands for 18 years, so I no longer drive tow trucks, but I still compete in the Pike's Peak Hill Climb. I'll be competing this June, on June 30th, for my 26th year racing up that mountain. And so the childhood was awesome. My dad, even three, four, five, six, seven years old, he'd wake me up in the middle of the night. Hey, you want to go out on a call? Someone had broken down on the highway. They needed rescued, and he would just pick me up out of bed, and we'd, we'd go to the truck. This is, this is back in the day. I'm seriously dating myself. This is when trucks had what was called a bench seat, and this was before there were seat belts, okay? <laughs> there were no seat belt laws, and I would just crash out on the seat next to my dad, and we'd go on a call and pick up a car and take it to the repair shop, and then come home in the middle of the night, and he'd just carry me. I, I don't even know why he brought me with him, because I slept every single time. There was no conversation. I would just sleep. But that's how I grew up, and I couldn't wait for the day that I was big enough to reach up and grab the lever that would lift the car off the ground, and, and big enough to not just sit in his lap and steer like we did that a lot. <laughs> Actually, back in the day, we'd sit there on the seat. Yes, it's illegal. But anyways, and did anybody ever sit on your parents' lap and steer a car? Okay, good. That, you just dated yourselves as well. Um, 
But I couldn't wait till I grew tall enough that I could push the pedals, right, the clutch. I, I mean, teenagers now don't even know what a clutch is. They'll never know what a clutch is. Pretty soon they won't even know what an engine is. They'll all be electric. But anyways, just couldn't wait till I could start operating a tow truck. That was, that was my dream. And in my later teenage years, as soon as I could, I started working in the business. And spring break and Christmas break and summer vacation, I would just work in the business. Actually, the, the year before I got my driver's permit, so I would have been 14, my mom would drive the tow truck. We would get real busy in the summer. Colorado's a tourist uh, area, so traffic would go up and cars would break down in the heat of the summer in Colorado. And, and uh, she would drive the tow truck to the broken down car. I would get in the seat. I would back it up, load the car, and then she would drive to the dealership. And then I would get back in the driver's seat and I would unload the car. I never drove uh, on, the, on the roads then until I got my permit, and then she would ride with me all day long, and we would tow cars. I mean, 14, 15, 16 years old, I'm out there towing cars, living my dream. And then life got real, right? Now it's time to be a, a career, time to work in the business. And even in my late teenage years, my dad was old school. I don't know if any of you have ever worked for a parent uh, or your dad. That was old school, and what old school means to me is dad was like, no special treatment for you, boy. Uh-uh, you're not getting anything because of your last name, which meant I got the worst jobs, I drove the oldest tow trucks, I, I, I had to do things that you didn't even get paid for. You make money when you're towing vehicles, you don't make money when you're fixing tow trucks. We had a shop where we did all the maintenance on our trucks, and I had to clean the bathroom at the tow truck shop. Imagine that bathroom. <laughs> Let your mind go there. Whatever you're thinking of, not even close. It was bad. And so I had the worst jobs, the worst assignments, and oftentimes got no pay. This was before child labor laws, I guess. I don't know, but, but my dad didn't give me any special treatment. But for some reason, I didn't care. And for some reason, with all these employees, the business grew as I grew, uh, by, by my early 20s, is one of the largest towing businesses in America, and lots of employees, lots of drivers, and lots of attitudes, and lots of challenges, and yet, I had the best attitude. I was best with the customers, even though my dad treated me probably the worst of all the employees. Why was that? Why did I care more about the customer than the other employees? Why did I have a better attitude than the employees that were making three times as much as I was making? Because I was an heir. See, I wasn't working for a paycheck like they were. I was building my inheritance. I'm not an employee. Someday, I can have a better attitude than you because someday I'm going to be your boss. <laughs> I don't mind driving the oldest, junkiest tow truck in the fleet of trucks. When some employee's driving the newest one, I don't really care because someday I'm going to own all the trucks and drive whichever one I want. See, as an heir, I approach things differently. But what's most important, what makes the biggest difference when you're an heir is the worst days. When you want to quit, when you hate the towing business, when you don't want to work in a blizzard in Colorado, first day... Dave, I, I worked 24 hours. I was 16 years old. First time I ever worked 24 hours straight. It was a blizzard in Colorado. 
the longest day I ever worked came several years later. I worked 34 hours straight in a tow truck, in a blizzard. In those hard days, the, the days when I disagreed with my father and the decisions he was making. And of course, every 20-year-old knows better how to run a business than any dad. It was in those tough days that I, I didn't even think about anything else because I was an heir. And we need to grasp that when it comes to our relationship with God and where we stand in God's family, all in God's family. Let me read more about this subject out of Galatians. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul would have been writing to the church. So he's speaking to you, your, your New Sound Church. He's writing a letter to the Galatian church. It's chapter 3, verse 26. I'm actually going to read into chapter uh, 4, verse 7. It's one thought. I don't know why the Bible translators put a chapter break there but it's one paragraph you'll see it's one thought for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus that's important you're not children of God because you acted a certain way because you went to the right church because you behave yourself no it's through faith in Christ Jesus that's it that's how you become a part of God's family and all who have been united with Christ in baptism what a beautiful video to see those that were baptized last last week put on Christ like putting on new clothes that's the representation of we go under the water with the old and we come up with the new there is no longer Jew or Gentile slave or free or I would even say employee male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and now that you belong to Christ you are true children of Abraham you are his everybody say it heirs I'm trying to paint a picture so you understand that I am sharing good news with you. You did not say heirs like it was good news. Like you just said heirs like it's a miserable assignment. No, you, you are heirs to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. God Almighty himself. And so I'm going to give New Sound Church a second chance. You are his. Oh, yes. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It's yours. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than the slaves or the employees until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. For us, man, you guys are with it now. That was awesome. For us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children and because we are his children God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba father the New Testament written in the Greek language originally that 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 is the most endearing term for God the father so whatever an endearing term for you is maybe it's daddy papa that's what what the Greek is saying there in the original language that we have a loving father. Now you are no longer a slave. You're, you're not an employee, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his? Yes. yes. 
We are his heir. Let me tell you a few things that I see in that paragraph. Number one, you're adopted. He chose you. He wants you in his family. Christianity is not a religion to follow, but a family to belong to. You're an heir. That's what this is all about today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down some practical ways that we can live like an heir in, in a moment. But you're an heir. Christianity is not about doing things for God to earn his love, but by accepting your place in his family. You're free. You're free. You just had the Freedom Conference last weekend, and people got free. You're hearing from them right now. Like, if you don't know what that is, if you're new to New Sound Church, we have a, a curriculum for, for a small group called Freedom that, that ends with a, a conference where people truly experience freedom from their past. And I would encourage you as, as being a part of this church, there are tons of great small groups, but at some point in your New Sound journey, I encourage you to get in a freedom group so you can experience the freedom that you're hearing them cheer about, but you are free. Christianity is not about being bound by rules, but by being freed by a Savior. That's why Jesus came to earth, so that you could be free. Probably most importantly, you are loved. You're loved. Unfortunately, for most people, your view of God and how God views you is directly related to your relationship with your earthly father. And in many cases, that's not good. And I'm not here slamming earthly fathers because I understand that none of us ever were taught how to be great godly fathers. So no earthly father is perfect, therefore it can mess up our perspective of who our heavenly father is. And whether your father wasn't there or, like, my own dad was always there. I, I was in the trucks with him. I was always with him, but he never said, I love you, ever. My late teenage years, maybe 19 years old, the first time he ever said it. So all of us maybe have a void. Maybe some of us have a wound from our earthly father. I don't know your story, but I'm begging you to disconnect correlating who God the father is from who your earthly father is, from how God, a perfect father, views you as his child versus how your earthly father views you as his child. Like, disconnect those. So many times I think we, we, are, we are pinning on God something negative that should never be pinned on God. And we need to be able to see and, and accept and embrace the fact that he truly loves us. Christianity is not about following an angry ruler, but a loving father. I was raised in church in Colorado Springs, and now it was a hellfire and brimstone church. I don't know if you know what that is, but that means like there was, we, they talked about hell a lot. There was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of yelling, and the pastor's finger could reach me in the back row. Like it, it could hit me right in the forehead. Like it was like, oh, oh, oh. like it was scary. So my view of God wasn't distorted necessarily by my earthly father. It was distorted by my church. I thought he had a lightning bolt in one hand and a sledgehammer in the other waiting for me to mess up. 
But that's not who God is. He loves you so much that he adopts you. How does he make that possible? By sending his only son to die for you. Now, I love you. I love Pastor Josh. I love Danielle and Dave. But my kids aren't going to die for you. He loved you that much. And it's hard for us to wrap our brain around that sometimes. But you need to know it. It's truth. And so let's get practical here. How do heirs live? I want to give you some actual things that, that you can live out so that you can be a part of God's family. All in the family, maybe like you've never been all in the family. Instead of the outside of the family looking in, that you can be in the family. Heirs, number one, are family first. Family first. What does that mean, Lane? Family over issues. Issues are a part of life. We have an enemy. He's called the devil. He will do anything he can to throw issues into a family to destroy the family. Your literal family, your spouse, your children, or your church family. Issues will always show up. There's no way to get rid of issues, but we can stick together as family and put family over issues. I've never thought about divorcing my sister. Like, blood's thicker than water, right? Now, I know in certain families there are siblings that don't talk or parents. That, like, I know in some extreme cases really bad stuff happens to families. But for the most part, I've never thought about disowning her. She's two years younger than me. I love her. You can talk about me, but don't you talk about my sister. Uh-uh. I was mean to her. I can remember driving my awesome 77 Camaro. It's like the worst Camaro ever made, like these huge steel bumpers. And thinking I was all cool, we'd be riding home from school, and my sister's a beautiful girl. She was two years younger than me. And I'd see a, 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 a cute-looking girl in another car, and I'd grab my sister, and I'd shove her down, like, like stay down. Like, I was so mean to her. But all the disagreements, all the fights, all the chasing around the house, all that stuff, I never thought about her not being my sister. And we need to treat our church family that way as well. Unfortunately, we need to treat our spouses that way. Somehow, we even look at this relationship that God actually said is extra special. The only relationship where God describes two human beings becoming one human being is the marriage relationship. But unfortunately, in our culture, we treat it as the cheapest relationship. As a discardable relationship. But no, we... We've got to fight to put family over issues, our spouse over issues. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Of course, if you do it for your friends, you do it for your family. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. We put family first. Stick together. Let's protect this family. Of course, there'll be disagreements in the church, but we put family over issues. Number two, this one's no fun. I'm sorry. I thought about not putting it in there, and then the Spirit of God was like, you better put it in there. Like I, I knew that this is something that we have to talk about. 
Errors embrace correction. Bummer. <laughs> I don't like being corrected. I don't like it at all. And I know when I was a kid growing up, it was all like, I'm not doing this to you. I'm doing this for you, right? And until you're a parent, you don't really understand that. But this is, this is a huge part of understanding what it's like to be a part of the family of God, that we would actually embrace the correction, even though it never feels good, ever, ever, ever. Correction never feels good. Coming from a parent, coming from a spiritual leader, we don't know what, 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 what correction is coming our way. It might be a message that Pastor Josh is speaking, and what he says, you feel the correction. You feel the Holy Spirit saying, oh, let's work on that. It might be in a small group where the topic or the curriculum, you, you feel the correction. It could be in a relationship. Maybe, maybe somebody in your small group pulls you off to the side and be like, man, you can't talk about your wife like that. Or, or what's this going on in your life? Let's work on that. Oh, it never, ever feels good. See, encouragement feels good. You're awesome. You're amazing. That's what we all want. Encouragement feels good. Correction helps you grow. So if we're going to be a part of a family where God wants us to grow, God wants us to become more like Christ, there's going to have to be some correction along the way. I have worked at Church of the Highlands for 18 years. There's been a lot of correction from my pastor. I wouldn't be here today if he hadn't loved me enough to correct me, that it wouldn't be to me, but it would be for me. I preached the first message at Church of the Highlands 18 years ago that Pastor Chris actually was, was gone. It was a, a Wednesday night. There were about 100 people in the living room, and I was so proud of the fact that Pastor Chris trust, trusted me speaking to the church. Actually, there was no other staff member, so there was nobody else to speak to the church. But I was so fired up. I, I, I wanted to do a good job. I wanted him to be proud of me and know that he could trust me speaking to the church. And I brought a message about the adoptive love of God the Father because Ashlyn was only two years old, and I told the adoption story. People were crying, people were amening, people were taking notes. After the message, people came up to me and hugged me. That was a great message. I remember one person, bold-faced, lying to me, said, that was the greatest message I've ever heard. Don't ever tell anybody that. Because then I, I was thinking, this is really good. So I want Pastor Chris to hear this message so he knows he can trust me. So I take the cassette recording. Some of you have no idea what a cassette is, but I, I took the recording to him when he got back into town and he listened to it, and a few days later, he's like, let's meet together, and we'll go over your message. And I, I just knew he was going to love it, and he opened up a notepad, and I saw it was full of notes. And I'm like, oh, I bless Pastor Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, and then we started going through the notes. None of it was good. He's like, you don't open a message like that. You don't need to tell that story. And why did you go there? And the, the part I'll never forget, and I don't even remember what I said, but I'll, I'll never forget what he said. He said, you can't say that. That's not biblical. It's called heresy. <laughs> oh, correction never feels good. But he saw something in me. He loved me enough to correct me. He loved me enough to correct me again and again. Every time I hold a microphone and he hears it or is in the room, he's going to correct me. 18 years later, it still happens. I would not be here speaking to you today if I didn't have a pastor that loved me enough to correct me. 
And unfortunately, it's not a posture that we, we like to take because it never feels good, but it is what will help us grow. Hebrews 12, 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, as heirs. For what son, what daughter, what heir is not disciplined by his father? If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. It's super important. Correction is not rejection. It feels like it. And some of us have wounds from a coach, a teacher, a respected leader, a pastor, a father, an uncle, a friend. Someone that had influence in our life that corrected us and we received it as rejection. Or maybe they even meant it to reject us. And yet then we correlate that back to God, which is not a healthy place for us to be. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. Why would you be upset? Because it never feels good. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Did you know that? He delights in you. Oh, Lane, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I did this week or where I was last night. God does, and he still delights in you. He loves you. You need to receive that today. The enemy throws guilt and shame on you. God delights in you. In you. Number three, heirs honor. Heirs are honorable people. Fathers are not always perfect. When I worked for my dad, he did a lot of things that I disagreed with. We had we were different generations, different business philosophies. By the time I was 20, I was fully convinced I knew how to run the business better than he did. <laughs> Some of you know what that's like. We disagreed all the time, but I did not dishonor him to other employees. I didn't have meetings after the meeting and be like, oh, my dad's an idiot. I was thinking it. I felt it, but I didn't dishonor him. I disagree with Pastor Chris all the time. On his lead team that helped lead Church of the Highlands, he wants people that have opinions, wants people that have ideas. He doesn't want a bunch of yes people around him, and so we disagree. But once a decision is made, I will not go and gossip or discard or say negative things about Pastor Chris when he made a decision that I disagree with because that's dishonorable. Heirs will protect rather than expose that will be honorable and not just with leadership. This is not just about Pastor Josh and church leadership. This isn't even in your workplace. Learn to be honorable. And you'll see God's blessing come into your workplace like never before. I know your boss is a jerk. <laughs> I know they make really bad decisions. I know you're mistreated. But learn to be honorable. Now when it does come to Pastor Josh, 1 Timothy 5.17, Paul says this. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. You need to understand this. Honor is for people, okay? God wants us to honor one another. Paul is saying, honor your pastor. I honor Pastor Josh and Kim for the sacrifice they made, leaving security, leaving a good-paying career in Birmingham, helping launch churches, to go where there was no career, was no church, to come here and plant this church. I honor them. For that sacrifice. I can't imagine the tears they cried. The fears that they felt. 
and the sacrifices they made to move their family here, not knowing if anybody would ever come. It's pretty awesome. Shouldn't we honor them right now? Just even though they can't hear you, just honor them. But they get no glory. Glory is for God. To God be the glory. This church does not belong to the Mounties. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And we give God glory for what he has done through this place and what he will do through this place. You're here week in and week out. So you might not realize it and you might take it for granted, but you're in a miracle. This just does not happen. A year and a half old church for so many lives to be changed. Just what I saw in that baptism video, there are churches that would kill for that over 30 years. You're a part of a miracle. God's doing so much. But if you're an heir, you don't just honor up. We call that something different in towing business. I won't, I won't say what it is, but when you only honor up, that's not honor. That's, um, yeah, you know what it is. But heirs will honor their peers, and heirs will honor even people that they lead. Romans 12.10 says, be, devo be devoted to one another in love. Honor all your leaders. No, honor one another above yourselves. So heirs honor. Number four, heirs stay. Will you stay put when times get tough? When the worship team doesn't sing your favorite song anymore? When you're asked to go to another service because we've filled up this auditorium and we don't have room. Are you going to stay when, when you disagree with something that your pastor said? He's, he's pretty strong, you know. He doesn't hold back on what he thinks, right? And sometimes it might rub you the wrong way. Are you just going to be like, okay, on to the next church? Or are you going to be an heir? Are you going to stay a part of the family? Same with your own family when things don't work out right. Rachel and I probably, I'm just being transparent with you, uh, in the last week, have had one of the worst fights we've had in the last, I would say, 10 years. But am I going to stay? And am I going to act like an heir? Am I going to put family over the issue? Jesus said this in John chapter 10, 11 through 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, the employee, is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming... That attack on the outside, that horrible circumstance, that situation. He abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand. He cares nothing about the family. He doesn't care. He's only there for the paycheck, not for the relationship, not for the family. So a true test of if we're an heir is if we stay when we disagree, if we stay when when things aren't going our way, when it's not just the way we, we want it to be. And number five, heirs build the house. Heirs build the house. Even when I disagreed with my dad, I never thought, you know what, I'm just going to build my own business. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to make it about Lane. No, I, I, I was building the business. I was building my inheritance. The same thing applies to the church that we're a part of. We're not called to attend church. We're called to build the church. We're not called to look at the family. We're called to be a part of the family. We're not called to hope for inheritance. We're called to build our inheritance. And all of us get to be a part of that. 
the inheritance of what God is doing through New Sound Church does not belong to Pastor Josh and Kim alone. It belongs to every part of the family. We are all heirs. We all build the house. True heirs will bond people to the house of God, not to themselves. That we're about building and inviting and encouraging people. Life change. This can happen here. I met John between services. And John just literally Googled church. Was far from God. And came here and connected and gave his heart to Christ and got water baptized. That's what it's all about. And when lives are changed and souls saved and marriages healed and people freed, that's treasure in your heaven when you're an heir. But you got to be connected. you got to be a part of it. I'll end with this illustration. Now, it's very gross. I apologize. But if I chop my hand off and I set it on this podium, I know that's really gross. be pretty messy. It's still my hand. It's not your hand. It's still a hand. It didn't become a foot. It didn't become a brain. It's still a hand. What will happen once it's cut off? It will shrivel up, it'll change colors, it'll smell really bad. But the saddest thing is it will never do what it was created to do. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians think they can do what God created them to do and yet be disconnected from the body. See, the church is called the body of Christ. Oh, I'm going to I'm going I'm to listen to these, these messages online. I'm going to read their books. I'm going to go to their conferences. And I'll go to that church for Christmas. And I'll go to that church for Easter. And they are just disconnected from the body. They think everything's okay, yet they're shriveled up. <laughs> they're discolored, and they stink up every room they go in. They cannot fulfill the purpose of God being disconnected from the family of God. And so I encourage you to find your place. The way that happens here is through Explore. It's going to happen right after this service. If that doesn't work for you, it'll happen next week right after this service. If that doesn't work for you, it'll happen the next week right after. Because it's important for you to find a way to connect. If this isn't the, the church family that you need to connect to, go find one. Tomorrow morning for three hours, I'm going to spend time with about 90 pastors from South Florida churches. I'm sure out of the 90, there's going to be some great ones. I'll help recommend a church for you. But please get connected. So you can be an heir, so that your inheritance can grow as you build his kingdom, as you build his church. Here, the people doing that are, are, are on the serve team. You'll, you'll see the shirts. They're out in the parking lot. They're, they're taking care of your kids. They're on the worship team. They're all around you. They're a part of this family. And I would encourage you to do the same, to get connected. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is it too loud in here for some of you? Probably so. Is everything the way you want it to be? Probably not. But man, being a part of a family, God's family, is where we can fulfill everything that God has planned for us to fulfill. And some of you have no idea what that feels like. So I encourage you to go there, get connected. Even if, even if you just want to check it out, you can go to explore and not necessarily be, be a part of this church, but you'll learn more and be able to see if this is the right place for you. If you would, let me pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And God, I pray for every person here. I thank you that they're children of God. 
I thank you that they're heirs to your kingdom. I thank you that you love them enough to send Jesus, your son, to not just die, but die a horrible, painful, miserable, excruciating death on the cross so they could have a relationship with you. He did that. You did that so we could be in your family. So I pray for every person here that they would know their place. They would see that they're loved. They would get to be a part of the family. God, I pray for those that need to take that next step, those that need to be a part of this church. If this is the place, God, I pray that they would jump into Explore, jump on the serve team, that they would begin to be heirs here. God, I pray for those that don't know you, those that have not put their faith in you. Speak to them right now. If that's you, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. If you don't have a life-giving, life-changing, real relationship with Jesus, if you haven't put your faith in him, meaning all in, made him your savior, maybe you did when you were younger, maybe you did years ago, but you walked away, and you know your time is now, that this is your moment to come back into that relationship. So whether it's for the first time or whether it's coming back to Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer that you can pray silently right where you are. You can even say it in your own words, but I encourage you to say something like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I put my faith in you. Thank you for giving me your life. I accept what you did on the cross when you died and paid for my sins. I accept your love. And I thank you that we can have relationship. I thank you that I am an heir with you in God's kingdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Let's give God praise for his word, for changed lives, and for adopting us into his family. Thank you for listening. We would love to have you join us at New Sound for one of our weekend experiences. Check out our website for times and directions at newsound.church. We would love to hear how these messages are impacting your life. Please share your story with us at story at newsound.church.